to the Trailer Island Podcast. It's another Wednesday, and as always, uh, it's me, Alex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. And I'm joined by... Steve. And Matthew. And on the Trailer Island Podcast, we compare films and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? But uh, there's a catch. This week, there's a catch. Yes. There? Oh, there is. Yes. Because yes. it's a TV show. Yeah. This is our first TV show, I think, since The Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. It's a solid... It's a solid distance between those two, <laughs> between many, many a film. We were really traumatised by by reviewing The Mandalorian. Doing TV. Now, did we do just one season of The Mandalorian? Yes, yeah. I think that was before season two came out, yes. So perhaps we need to do season two at some point. That could be fun. I'd, yeah. Absolutely. Is it too much Star Wars in one one thing? I do. And I think, you know, there's a bit of a clue here as to what TV show we're doing. But ah. I do like how the only two TV shows we've done have been Star Wars related. I'll be. Well, honestly, on the flip side of that, we've got you on this podcast. You're a mega fan and we really haven't touched Star Wars. No. As, 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 as in-depth as I would have thought by now. No, I mean, despite my best efforts to bring it up in every episode, we we haven't done an actual Star Wars episode, no, other than Mandalorian, no. Mm. So, which, isn't, which, you know, saddens me, but I, I live in hope that we will get to do all of the prequels at some point. Mm. That could be, like, just a special prequel episode could be quite fun as to how they were marketed, how they were received, and how they've aged since their release. Not well. I, uh, yeah, you know what? Don't get me started. Let's let's stay <laughs> we, focused. We've only got so much time to tell this story. So. Let's talk about an element that's uh, objectively improved the prequels. Sure, the is. Clone Wars. The Clone Wars. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about. Could we call it the follow-up, the season follow-up well, the series? Well, the Clone Wars ran for seven seasons. It mm. was a animated cartoon that was all about Star Wars and whatnot. That was mm. set between episodes two and three of the film franchise. And the series that we're talking about today is, sort of, is, I guess it's a continuation from that. We're seeing characters that appeared in the Clone Wars and now they've mm. got their own little show. Yeah. And, mm. uh, yeah. and this is set just after the Jedi Purge. Yeah. That's right, yes. That's, like, that's actually as the springing happening. off point of this, I think. Mm-hmm. Literally as it's happening yeah, is, which is, is where this kicks off. So a strong opening, really. <laughs> mm, mm. So uh, talking about opening... Matthew, would yeah. you like to tell us what it is? Oh, I'd love to. We are talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch. A test is in order. Five enhanced clones. More capable than an army. Yet they exhibit a concerning level of disobedience in disregard for orders. Squads, nothing but trouble. But we get the job done. You'll climb Force 99. You know who we are. Hunter. Let's go. Echo. Hyperdrive's online. Tick. Prepping to jump. Wrecker. Let's blow something up. And cross here. Your move. We're all you need. I want Clone Force 99 found and wiped out. The galaxy's a dangerous place to be. 
we need to get out of here. What do you say, kid? You want to come with us? How can I help? The Clone Wars have ended. You can either adapt and survive, or die with the past. The decision is yours. We do what we do. Strap in, kid. Well, I think, if I may, just straight off the bat, before we even get into the premise of the show, I would like to say that the most fascinating thing I find about that trailer is the complete detachment from John Williams, who I think... And I'm not saying this in a bad way. I really love this about this trailer, is that Mm. music is a very Hans Mm -hmm. Zimmer-style score for this very, I suppose, different group of characters that we're not used to following in the Star Wars universe. Mm. And not once in that trailer is there the Star Wars theme or any, as far as I can tell from listening to it, any Star Wars motifs or anything. It's a completely new sound that they've brought to this trailer. And I I think it's a really, really good trailer. Which is a contrast to the series itself because the series actually utilises a lot of those sort of motifs that were built in in the Clone Wars. That's, yeah, that's And they're that's very right. John William-esque and not composed by him, but they're definitely sort of inspired by his... That, that's right. But at the same time, I, I think when the Clone Wars ended in Season 7, they started playing around with mm-hmm. this different tone of music, these kind of more, again, more Hans Zimmer kind of synthesizer drone kind of atmospheric yeah. stuff. And this show has, has definitely taken that mm-hmm. a step further. And I think that's actually quite interesting. And they, uh, I remember when the Clone Wars first came out, the animated series, it got a lot of flack for its animation style <laughs> and its look. And, and mm. in those first few seasons, it does look a bit drap, it does. particularly when yeah. you go back. But now, that, that grew over those seasons, but now the Bad Batch, this oh. looks cinematic. I mean, I thought season seven of the Clone Wars looked excellent. But it I, did. But yeah. in, in the meantime, they've dialed that up further. And yeah. so when you're watching the first episode of this, it's it's... Detail and backgrounds, just the, yeah. the texture on faces—it's astounding. I will admit, this is possibly one of the, mo- the most gorgeous-looking Star Wars mm. scenery or just eye candy I think we've had in a very long time. And again, yeah. season seven of Clone Wars looked amazing, and I, I agree. This—I mean, we go to Camino in this, and the water just looks fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. just so—it's so nice. It's so good. And this is. Um, oh, what was I trying to say? Should we get to the premise? Is that what you were trying to get to? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that wasn't what you were going to say. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I've completely forgotten where I was going. But uh, it might come back to me later. Yeah, sorry. Premise. Go premise. Yeah. Okay, okay. Premise. So, actually, I'm the worst person to do this because I'm going to do, like, the whole nine movies. And oh, Steve, you, Steve, yeah, you yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to dip back into the Clone Wars just a little bit, but it does sort of pick up where the Clone Wars left off in that uh, the Bad Batch starts... The very first episode is the fallout from Order 66. You get to see some clone troopers right in the middle of it. You get to see the Bad Batch right in the middle of it. Uh, And what happens after the Empire is established? Yep, so just for those who aren't maybe well-versed in the Star Wars timeline, the Republic ceases to exist and the Emperor takes control and we see that control from the point of view of soldiers who are on an active battleground and the change of command and everything that that comes mm-hmm. through there and it's it's really it's it's a story of um 
so soldiers coming to terms with a new leadership and trying to figure out where their real allegiance does lie. Does it lie between the brothers, the clones themselves, or does it lie with the Empire itself, or does it lie with something larger? And the, and the first season of this is, is them coming to terms with this. Now, they are all clones of the same... Uh person which was yeah. Django Fett. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so they are they're all brothers, you know, technically, but also in brothers in arms. And Clone Force 99 that follows here, they are sort of enhanced clones. They, they all have are. sort of different things. I'm not sure if they were enhanced or kind of semi-faulty that they've just prioritized or made made the best of. And the 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 premise or how we get to this point is and how the, everything gets taken over, the Republic loses and stuff, is that all the clones have a little thing embedded in their head mm-hmm. and that when they were given this command, they would turn on the Jedi. Yeah. And some clones uh, this didn't activate with and mm-hmm. most of the group of 99... They're defective enough that... They're the, defective enough that it didn't affect yeah. them as such. Yeah, that's right. For the most part. And as a result, we get that wonderful moment in that first episode of them looking around going, well, why are they doing this? This yeah. is wrong. Yeah. But also going, well, we are, you know, they are, the Empire is still technically in charge of us. We should follow the orders. Mm-hmm. But even if we think they're morally wrong. And that is where a lot of the conflict comes from this is that they uh, are fighting against this idea of what is good and bad. Yes. And floating the line between that, which mm-hmm. creates a lot of tension within the group itself. But of mm. course those that would oppose them too. And oh sorry Steve. I think what they've touched on really well in this series is the is the idea of nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the whole nature versus nurture thing is brought in with the the chips in their head. You know, they're obviously bred to to take commands, take this mm. command. Um, but these guys have have nurtured themselves. They're defective enough. They're they're intuitive enough. They um are, are resourceful enough. And they don't seem to want to, you know, um, comply with these commands. And no. so it sort of it focuses on that and then it starts to focus on it in a different way as well with the character of Omega, who is mm. also a clone, the first female clone of Django Fett, uh, mm. who ages at a normal rate, unlike the rest of the clones, and comes along on the ride with the, with the Bad Batch. Yeah. Now, I think at this point... I, being a self-professed Star Wars lover, have to raise a massive issue I have with this show. Go for it. Now, I don't... I, I, it is, is, it, is it your issue again with key female characters being in leads? <laughs> oh, God. When has that ever been an issue? How, <laughs> oh, I, no, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, um, I, I just want to... It's very important to me that, that I... I I'm conscious I don't want to be put in the same box as anyone on the internet who hated Last Jedi just because it was the in thing to do. I've thought about my my reasons here and I'm not attacking Star Wars. I think this show is really good. Mm. There there are just there's just this one thing that that did bug me about it and I I want to know what you two thought about it. Which is so we've discussed this premise which probably takes place over maybe the first 3 episodes mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. them dealing with this and then and then the finale of of this season like you say Steve is them without giving spoilers out, they, they they make a decision either way as to where they stand. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. And that takes place probably over the last three, two and a half maybe episodes. Mm-hmm. This is a 15-episode show. 16. 16-episode 16 show. And for me personally, there are some really good one-off episodes, but 
for the most part, a lot of those middle episodes had no bearing on either character development or furthering the plot whatsoever. And and I didn't want to... This hurt me to begin with because I thought, why did I watch an episode of Star Wars and it didn't... I didn't really care for it. And I can't remember which the first one was. Basically, a lot of the stuff we've Sid there... They run in with this um, employer. employer called Sid, and yeah. I found a lot of those episodes... Un- un- underworld. Underworld yeah. lizard face person. And I found those episodes, they would start... And, and I, uh, let's, let us be clear, I think, the, the biggest arc Let you here, be clear. Let you be let clear. Let me be clear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the most fascinating thing is their relationship with Omega. Yes. Yes. And I found that those episodes with Sid they would start the episode where you could go, okay, cool, they're warming up to her and she's warming up to them. And they and then Sid would give them an assignment. They'd go on the assignment and then they'd come back. And I felt that they weren't either any closer or hadn't learned anything. It was purely just filler because those first three episodes are so dramatic with Order 66 happening and the, the finale of the show is really good and they were building up to that. I just think a lot of dead space in the middle there. I think there should have been maybe 10 episodes as opposed to 16. Well, I... I think it's okay that it got to 16 episodes with some fillers because even The Mandalorian suffers from those one-off mm-hmm. episodes mm-hmm. that are just filler where he goes on a mission and comes back and that's it yeah. and nothing really happens. But I did have that issue with The Mandalorian as well. Exactly. And I think you're right that it does suffer from that drama serialization a bit where it's it's procedural, drama procedural, where they just go out, they do something, they come back and it's done. Yeah. Like any other crime show that you can imagine of. Just It's just very procedural as it's described. But yeah, I think you know what you're right. It does it does suffer from that. But in the end, like watching the trailer again for the first time in a long time since it's been, I think, what, four or five months since episode one came out of this, is that I was watching that and just getting glimpses of stuff that happens in this series mm-hmm. and just going, that was so good. Yeah, that mm, was yeah. just such good and I, storytelling. And again, I want to make it clear, I'm not hating the show. It's just, <laughs> it's just it's structurally, it's not even, I love all the characters. It's not that, it's not the story. It's just structurally, I think this has some pretty severe issues. Sure. So we, we, we did discuss this with The Mandalorian as well because, mm. you know, we talked about episodic nature there. I think this is a, is a lot more... Um, a lot more lenient in, in that. I do take what you're saying there, but I, I would contest that I think every one of these episodes has a, has a little bit of character development. Okay. Always, uh, you know d- what? And I've seen it once, yeah. and it, so it probably does. Yeah. But I just, I just felt there wasn't enough to progress. But it does, it does take a tiny step most episodes, and that's okay due to just the episodic nature of it. Um, and I'm very happy that it's got a, se- a season two. Yeah, because it will continue on in that well, format. It was set up for a season two, wasn't it? Um, I don't well, know. Well, yeah. That reaction. No, actually, now that I say that out loud, um, which happens so often, I realise the potential stupidity <laughs> of my statement, <laughs> is that if it finished where it finished mm-hmm. in this season, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Because it leaves enough questions and nothing glaring for you to just go, you know what, sure. I'm happy with that. And actually, to that effect, I should say the, the law building and the world building in this show, con- much like everything else in the Clone Wars, continues to be excellent. Like yeah. seeing the the transition from clone troopers to, to sort of almost stormtroopers in yeah. certain places. Mm. And we see a lot more of the iconography of the Empire become much more prevalent in this as opposed to the re- iconography of the Republic in terms of their spacecraft and that kind of thing. Like, this is all just nerd stuff, but it's cool to see that organic yeah. transition from prequel to original trilogy. And that it, was really cool. And, and what it does really well is that it, it gets into the stuff that, you know, in this universe, it's not just the Skywalkers 
cruising around doing stuff and to being Jedi's <laughs> and that. Like, there's other stuff going on. Yeah, Like, absolutely. in The Mandalorian, someone mentions a Jedi and someone's sort of, hang on, the what? And yeah. it's like, the universe is so big that in some corners, you know, that, that sort of stuff doesn't exist. Mm. So, in this, obviously, it's very embedded in the creation of the Empire and stuff, but we get those stories of things that are going on in almost everyday life for yeah, people in yeah. the universe, which is and, really and nice. I, and I think there was that episode where they... Um, we see a, a, a city or a, a well, we implied world become occupied by the empire, and the politicians are going try and sort of fight back kind of thing. I think I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that was one of the stronger episodes. I mm-hmm. thought that was terrific. Um, but it was really cool to. I, I was thinking like, if this was a clone, and this is very much a good thing. If this was the Clone Wars, obviously the Jedi would turn up and save the day. It's like, no, the Jedi are gone, mm-hmm. and you've got to deal with you as an audience member have to deal with the fact that yeah, like. This is a such a huge shift in the universe for these yeah, characters yeah. that th- who's going to come and save the day? There's there's literally no one. They're stuck with this oppressive regime mm-hmm. in the Empire. They're stuck with it. Um, talking of world building, did anyone find it quite funny and a little bit weird and forced that they tried to sneak in some Snoke clones into this TV show? Did they? They did. When they go to the old Camino, it's not on Camino, but it's Camino and cloning facility on a planet. I think it was a gas giant. Um, Amiga knocks over some oh, yes, this things, really, yeah. and a and a and a Snoke clone comes out. They don't address it, oh, but it's implying that yeah. Snoke has the Emperor has had Snoke clones in his up his sleeve the whole time. Kind of there's thing. There's been undercurrents of that the whole se- uh, season. There's a, a character called Nala Say who's the mm. the cloning coordinator and um, of Kamino. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's a she's a, a target of the Empire. She's someone they want to keep safe. So I think that's sort of leaning into that. That yeah, she kind of has like you know. Special on her LinkedIn profile looking yes. uh, towards yeah. the <laughs> end right. of the season. And they're I'm, like, you know what, we're going to hire you. Yep. Yep. Um, Undertaking contract. Yeah. And they kill Lama Sue. Everyone's favourite Attack of the Clones character. Yeah. This implied that they rough him up a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, do you think that talking about how this season gets wrapped up, and how other TV, other Star Wars merchandise has provided quite big cameos and we have an expectation, is that I think there was a lot of expectation for this to have a huge cameo towards See, I the suffered end. from this. I suffered, yeah. Yeah? And it doesn't really happen. I, no, but, I would agree. I but would agree. what it does do is that it does have lots of smaller it does. cameos, which are awesome. Mm. I loved Cad Bane. Yep. That was great. Having chopper, getting Chopper. Chopper, yeah, yes. Chopper. I forgot about Chopper, yes. Um, uh, Harrison Dula makes mm. an appearance. I just I, again. I, I mean, are we spoiling by saying I, who rocks I, up in I this? I don't know. I do like the idea that uh, someone <laughs> someone's listening to this who isn't a Star Wars fan or hasn't seen Rebels and Clone Wars has no idea <laughs> yeah. what we're talking yeah. about at the moment. Yeah. Well, so, so, but Steve, you're saying you suffer from that? Like you had an expectation oh, I, of a cameo because we talk about the end of the Mandalorian season two, which we won't spoil for anyone who hasn't seen it. But there is a huge cameo at the end of that. And so, there's obviously, a huge sort of. Um, Law dump at the end of the first season as well, mm. um, and I think I went. In, I, so the way these last two episodes are structured, it's it's, it's a two parter, and um, I'm thinking, oh, they've split it up in two because there's going to be this big reveal in the, mm. in the second part, and that really doesn't happen. It's just more of a we're we're telling a two parted story because we want to tell a nice cohesive story. Yeah, and as a Star Wars fan, I'm going. Right. What's what's going to happen? Is, is Vader going to turn up at the end? Yeah, well, well, I was genuinely doesn't. concerned because they'd built so much about, you know, there isn't that 
force majeure at mm-hmm. the end. Like there isn't something that come and save them. Like I was genuinely like, they're going to kill them off. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't know that they were going to do a season two when I watched that finale. And I thought, oh, okay, so they're really going to do just like one season and they all die at the end mm-hmm. and, and like do a Rogue One kind of thing. Um, but no, they, this, is that a spoiler that they don't all die? I mean... I mean, I I definitely thought that uh, death was going to play a part in that that death! that that two part finale. Well, I think and all we can say is that they don't all die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. I, <laughs> like, I thought I thought that was it was being being built up to be something like that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it just it just wraps up as a cohesive story, and that's and that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but as as a fan, I'm I'm starting to, like I've got to, I've got to stop doing. The the this and this is a bad habit for Star Wars fans everywhere. It is to place hype on something that uh, hasn't been released yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't you can't expect the world out of season three finale of the Mandalorian. Look, I just had a thought. <laughs> we were talking about the Mandalorian season one when we did that in our second episode about how Baby Yoda is such a massive part of that first mm-hmm. season, and. He doesn't turn up in any of the sequel films. Well, we know that Omega doesn't turn up in Star Wars post, uh, well, Rogue One or Rebels. She's not in Rebels. So do you think that the writers of the show are, are kind of in a corner where they either have to go, okay, she goes off and lives happily ever after but never has anything to do ever with the whole rebellion and everything? Or do, do we get to a point after three or so seasons where they have to kill her? Well, I think it comes back to the point that I made before: is that universe is so big that it doesn't matter. Yeah, because we only we only see so much of the rebellion. No, does I know. She, does she provide herself as an operative in a different part? But, like, but my, but my I, I completely agree with you. But my issue is that we, she is a very likable character, and I feel like we need to know what her fate is. They are building themselves into a bit of a corner with doing all this stuff that adds into the prequels. Yeah, if introducing new characters. I mean, in in the Clone Wars itself, they introduce Ahsoka, which initially was a fan-hated mm-hmm. character. Yeah, it turned into be the most... favourite. The, one of the f- most favourite characters that's ever existed in Star Wars. And they they address that in The Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> but that again, that's still leading up to those original 4, 5, 6 films. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, actually, Mandalorian's after yeah. 4, 5, 6. So it's like, well, where's she been? We just I just ruined it again. I think I think the Ahsoka thing is out of the box for Mandalorian season two. Yeah, there's been plenty of pictures of that. Yeah, but that's fine because but again, like she doesn't appear in Force Awakens. Yeah. But she doesn't appear in Force Awakens or Last Jedi or anything like that. So I take your meaning there, Alex. And I think there's either one or two things. I think the writers at Star Wars have gone. We honestly don't know how to deal with these sorts of characters mm. uh, when it comes to the uh, the original trilogy. Like we're, you know, where is you know Chopper showing the OT? Well, it doesn't really matter because, like you said, the universe is that big that yeah, th- those not every big... character needs to be in OT. That's right. Universe. The original trilogy is about Luke. Yes, that, that's who it's about. There's so much else going on in the universe <laughs> at the time. It's a universe. Yeah, you know, like I we have hard enough time tracking what happens on our own planet here. You know, you don't know what's mm. going on with everyone. I think my best um, example of this, and again, like I completely agree with both of you, is in the Lord of the Rings, the during the Battle of Minas Tirith, the, the in the book at least, not so much in the movie, but in in the book, the dwarves of um, Thorin's family, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's is it Thrain? It is Thrain Ironfoot, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, anyway, it doesn't matter. So I can't remember the name. Don't please don't yell at me. Um, Anyway, it is established in the book that the dwarves can't help the, the men of Minas Tirith and that because they're busy fighting a huge battle mm-hmm. 
up in the Lonely Mountain. And I think we're in the same situation here where they're probably doing stuff and are busy and that's yeah, why they don't appear yeah. on Hoth or at the, in, you know, on Endor or anything like that. Because it's not like there's ever... It's just like, okay, guys, so... Rules of engagement. We're only allowed to have one battle at a time. Dane. It's Dane. Oh, God. Sebastian Crabbe. <laughs> um, Sorry. So, you know, people are doing their own thing and they're doing stuff. And, yes, they are exploring these stories. And I think in The Bad Batch, they do a really good job yeah. of just what these core characters are off and around and doing stuff. Right now, I think they're focused on telling um, stories that, that the fans were sort of desperate to, to see. And they did start with, with you know, the, the mythic Clone Wars and you did get seven seasons of that and that's been completely fleshed out now. And I think one element that a lot of fans were dying to see were what were the immediate ramifications of Water 66 and the, and the end of the war. And, and we do get to see this. Mm. Um, I think another great thing that we managed to see in this was just the raw power of the Empire. Yeah, and Sans it's, and it's Darth Vader. Yep. You know, yep. um, there, there's in the last episode. This is great demonstration of that. Yeah, you know, and I've yeah. never seen that before. Apart we, from the Death Star, and we also get to see uh, why some things don't appear in the original trilogy as well. They go, <laughs> mm-hmm. "Well, we're just going to wipe that out, so it can't exist." And that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. But it, I appreciate the continuity. And you know, for what is, uh, you know, pull me up on this. What is essentially a kids' show? It's yeah. pretty dark in places. It's Can dark. we be so critical of it? Particularly when we talk about the episodic nature, sometimes we're just like, you know, it's just it's a kids' show. I don't know. I mean, I thought you or, were going. But, I thought you were leading up to how dark the show is. Well, it's also that. Um, but, but yeah, you, but you, you know what I mean by that. Like, you know, how much do you criticize an episode of Play School? You know, uh, heavily. <laughs> <laughs> different, different. You know, different um, age groups, of course. Yeah. I think this strives to be a lot, um, and a, a lot to a different, a, a lot of different audience as well, not just. Not just young adults, you know. We we sat down, we watched that this TV series because we're we're Star Wars fans. Yeah, um, I think this would also appear to appeal to to fans of you know war films, war books, that sort of stuff. Um, and I think if you look at it under that scope, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Let's 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 talk about mm. you know how good the storytelling in this is, where certain car- car- uh, character motivations may fall over, that sort of thing. I think that's all fair game with this. Yeah. That's good. Do we do a little shout out to the man who voices every single one of the clients? Oh, I think we really yeah. should. Yeah, he does a tremendous job. D. Bradley Baker. That's it. And so, for those of you who haven't seen the show, it's one guy voicing all these characters because mm-hmm. they are clones. Yeah. So, and they all each have their own type, different type of voice as well. He does a really, really. I mean, he's, <laughs> do, he's also done the same thing on the Clone Wars. He's voiced yeah. all the clones yeah. during yeah. seven seasons. Yeah. And we're talking about clones who, again, like. Some people may not know who these are, but like Rex and Cody, they all have their own personalities. And he's very good at distinguishing between that. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive. Well, what are we going to give this out of five? Uh, crossbows. Crossbows. Oh. Yes, that's a laser, good one. Laser bows. Laser, it's a laser bows. bow. Omega gets a laser bow. Yeah. Brain tumors. Oh. Inhibitor chips. Mm-hmm. Oh. Inhibitor chips. Oh. Uh-huh. oh. <laughs> Wait, who had a brain tumor? So that's what technically is what the. The inhibitor chip is oh. sort of a custom-grown tumour. Oh, right, right. Okay. Joys. Joys. Again, Joyce. kid show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you ever get a chance, look up um, Star Wars War Crimes and uh, yeah. you can discover how often uh, <laughs> the rules of engagement are not applied to 
in uh, any of the cartoons. I remember when you were teaching at uni, Alex, and this will be a short story, but you, uh, the, the teaching staff brought along a, a, a Cartoon Network executive to have a, a speech at, a, at the uni. Yes. Uh, and um, I, at that stage, had just sort of finished the fifth season of Clone Wars and, and was sort of very taken aback with how violent it really was. Mm. No blood of gore, but there's a lot of implied violence, a lot of lightsabers going through people. Um, and I had to ask him, like, what's what's the deal? Like, I don't remember cartoons being this violent in my day. And he, he said, well, look, we, we've got to now cater to a lot of different specific demographics. And The Clone Wars is, is doing that for a very young adult audience, you know, mm. 12 to 15 male. And us kid outs as well. Yeah, yes. I mean, I think all of us loved The Clone Wars. and But I think all of us also agree, however good the show is almost the whole way through, those first few seasons are very kid-friendly. Mm, yeah. I think it's fair to say that when it starts taking itself more seriously as it starts getting into the into the Revenge of the Sith territory, and yeah. it starts, we start seeing Anakin getting tormented, it gets quite dark because it has mm. to appeal to us people who grew up, well, let's say, we, let's be honest, we grew up with the prequels, that mm. we were the right age for them. Yeah. Mm. So we're we going with brain tumors, or sure, why not? <laughs> or, why not? <laughs> or war crimes, or uh, inhibitor chips? As I inhibitor yeah. chips. All right, who would like to go first? I'll go first. Okay, um, I'll give this a four and a half. Okay, um, it was very, very fun to. I loved sitting down to watch this every week. This was like it was a little. It was like it was warmth. It was nice. It was just it's nice to be in weekly TV again, and and this is so well animated, so well put together. Um, I thought I thought D. Bradley Baker's voice acting at times did get a little annoying, but then I stood back and I was like, you know what? He's doing five voices at mm. once. Surely he's getting strained. Surely he's you know <laughs> he's under a lot of pressure. It's he's doing a really good job. Um, I will say that I don't think the last two episodes should have been two episodes. It should have just just been one forty minute episode. Okay, you know. Um, Four and a half. Oh, that, that's fair. I do second a lot of, of what you have to say. I think, again, splitting that last episode into two, I think because we've been given the Darth Vader cameo at the end of Rogue One, um, and not to mention a few others in The Mandalorian Season 2, we had kind of been trained to expect mm-hmm. something. And I think if you split an episode in two, you, your expectations are even higher for something like that. Um, look, I, I, the, the animation, I can't fault. This just looks stunning. It's so good. And again, they've taken that original art style that was so disliked in season one of Clone Wars and it's still very much got its DNA in that, but they've tweaked it, they've refined it. It looks The detail is incredible. I love the characters in this. I like that it's a second a, a story sort of from the outside looking at this Republic turn into an empire. That's really cool. The, the structure bothered me. There were episodes where I thought, whilst they were good you know entertaining 24 minutes or so i thought but what happened like nothing happened there like i, I need more this is star wars i need substance i need law building that, that that's just ha- what i like out of star mm-hmm. wars that's just me so i just think it went on too long i think cut out three episodes and this would have would have been had an extra point from me um my only other thing and i hate to compare but season seven of clone wars was so mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. and so strong I could not help but compare this to that, and this did come off not as good because it's not trying to be season seven of, no, of Clone Wars. But I, as an audience member, was really hoping for that, and that's just bad on on my behalf, really. But it, I think it stopped me enjoying certain aspects. I, I'm going to give it, I think, 
I'm going to give it a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm going to go straight out with four. And both of you said a lot of things that match exactly how I feel. I'm going to bring it back to the trailer. And I think that trailer just nails the tone of this Mm -hmm. series. It does. So, yeah, it's a four from me. Okay. Yeah. It is a really good trailer. And there was another trailer. They released a second trailer where the Emperor has a little cameo. And that was awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, that delivered as well in the TV show. Mm. Yeah, that was really good. Good old Sam Witwer. Oh, yeah. He loves it. Are you sure it's not Ian McDermott in this? Oh, good. Because I know he came back to do Rebels, didn't he? That's a, that's a, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe that's one for Google. <laughs> Either way, Sam Whitwer is a win. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's true. <laughs> uh, who, what, what did I claim he he didn't voice? or? Oh, no. Um, it was about voicing Darth Maul in the TV. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. Oh, um, Phantom Menace. He did <laughs> not voice him in Phantom no. Menace. <laughs> Peter Serafinovich. Peter Serafinovich. That is correct. That's 12. <laughs> Yeah. Out of 15. Yeah. You okay, Alex? Math good. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's all the halves you guys are putting into these things. <laughs> Doing my head in. Uh, I can only apologise. Good. I'm glad. Well, we've been the Trailer Island podcast. And you can catch us every Wednesday from wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying it, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Make sure you're also subscribed so you never miss an episode. Mm-hmm. And also look at our back catalogue as well. There are so many to go through. Make sure you tell your friends too that we exist. Send us a hologram. Yeah. Contact at trailerisland.com.au or via the Facebook page or via the Twitter or via the Instagram. However you feel. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All of the social media, please. Please. Well, that was the Bad Batch. And every week I was joined by, as we are every week, I was joined by... Matthew. CT5T3V3. <laughs> Do you just look up your name of Steve in, in, in that? No, that's my clone designation. Ah, okay. And I've been Alex. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Can I say may the force be with you? Yes. Yeah. May the force be with you. This is a Narrative Network podcast.